SAFM Sports Wrap. SAFM South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk Springbok Sevens now. They they may have been beaten by Fiji in what was an absolutely enthralling final in uh, in Hamilton, but really, really strengthened their lead uh, in the HSBC World Sevens series. Another final appearance though at New Zealand Sevens, and of course that uh, that impressive Blitzbok side continues to march on. I'm delighted to say he's just landed back in South Africa. Welcome on the line, Neil Powell, the Springbok Sevens coach. Neil, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, and uh, thanks for having me. It's always good to be on the show. Uh, you must be you must be getting used to these long haul flights now. I mean, you did it for years as a player. You, you're doing it now as a coach. Uh, is it something you, you've gotten used to? Or is it something you you're uh, you never quite get used to? Yeah, listen, I want to say yes, but I think um, <laughs> it's always tough, especially if you travel over so many time zones when you go to Australia and. And then back to South Africa, and our next one is going to be tough as well, going to America. So um, I don't think they get any better. They're still tough, but then it's good to be back home. Yeah, I mean it's early morning yeah, where where you've just come from at the moment, so so things are a little. Uh, I suppose the body clock does go for a loop. But listen, congratulations on another final appearance. The final though, so impressive. South Africa played well, but and I have to ask you this as coach: uh, Do you ever get the chance to sort of sit back and appreciate that even the best teams sometimes get beaten by better teams on the day? Yeah, definitely, and I think that's what we all about. I think it's never about the results, but the effort that the guys put in and the implementation of the processes. I think um, we can beat a team 35 points to zero and be unhappy about it, and then we can um, lose against a team like Fiji over the weekend, and they just uh, played us in the second half, and, and you appreciate the fact that you maybe got beaten by a better team on the day. Yeah, I tell you, it was just quality watching that again. I mean, it was like watching Fiji being led by Wasatli Sarevi of old in the uh, in, in in the second half. It looked like they were at their very best. That said, a Blitzbox looked so so impressive throughout the tournament. You 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 didn't have an easy route to the final, but you made it look so easy. Do you take that out of the Hamilton leg? Yeah, I think there's a, definitely a lot of positives that we can take out of that uh, out of that tournament. I think the guys really played some good sevens rugby and. I think um, there was one one instance in that game that um, that swung the momentum of the game, and and um, Fiji capitalised on one of our mistakes, and that was that kickoff just after half time where Carl caught the ball and mm. and tried to offload it, and uh, unfortunately it, uh, it didn't find South African hands, but Fiji hands, and when they when they get that almost unstructured defence and broken play, then um, they're dangerous, and they they made us pay for that um, for that one mistake, and I think that's where uh, was the the momentum of the game um, swinged into their, uh, swung into, in, into their favour. That said, I mean, all things considered, injuries most notably, I, I know you won't be entirely happy, but uh, I mean, runners-up and extending your advantage to top the seven series standings has got to be a pleasing feeling for you. No, no, definitely. I think, um, obviously, every time we go into a tournament, we, we go in, into that tournament, I think, to be successful. But like I said, I think still very proud of the boys. I think they put a massive effort in over the weekend. Um, I think we, uh, obviously stuff that the people don't know back at home, but we had massive, massive challenges during the week, um, losing players in training sessions, and then basically disrupting a session where we planned an hour and 15-minute session. We had to cut the uh, session short to 45 minutes because we didn't have enough players on the field to, mm. to get quality out of that training session. So I think a massively challenged week that we had in, in regards to injuries and players flying in. They anchored the prayer arrived the morning of the tournament, 3 o'clock mm. in the hotel. And uh, we had to go get up at 8 again to go to a tournament to, go to prepare ourselves for that first game. So a few challenges. But um, and like I said, I think the only thing we, we could have asked for as a management is just the effort. And the guys definitely 
definitely did that um, over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, after the initial injuries, though, to uh, Ruan Nell and Phillips Neyman, uh, of course, to, to have your, a captain replaced is never an easy thing, although Carl Brown being in the squad, I suppose, made it an easier choice for you. But, uh, you know, to be able to call up two replacements who are 18 and 20 years old, although, unfortunately, Miller Duplessis was one of those who injured himself in, in training. I mean, just, just explain the importance of the academy structure and just the, 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 the sort of bubbling talent that you can call upon. Yeah, I think we're very fortunate to have a very good um, system in place and a good academy. And I think um, a, a great management to manage that academy and Amari Skuman and, and Paul Delport in the, in the past. I think he moved on now to the women's, he's now the women's coach. So very fortunate to have those guys to make sure that we develop the next generation of sevens players. So um, Dwayne was part of the academy last year already, so he came in and it was great to have a guy that at least played a few World Series tournaments already um, to come into the system. And then... Um, Miller was still at school last year, and he played already two tournaments in South America in the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. it's great to have that feeder system where the guys already played some sevens rugby before they, they get into our system and, and, and get the opportunity to play in the World Series. Now, let's just talk about the remainder of the World Seven Series because uh, injuries aside, uh, you might need to call in a few more academy players because you, you won't have Gwaka Smith, Sibolissan, Tim Agaba, uh, they're playing 15-man rugby now from, uh, from the, the Super Rugby uh, Series starting. How significantly does, does not having these players impact on not only your Seven Series ambitions but also prep for Commonwealth Games, World Cup plans, etc.? Yeah, I think it's obviously something that we knew it's going to happen. It's <laughs> not not something new to us. We, we knew from the beginning of the season that we're going to lose those four players um, after, after the first four. Um, and we planned for it. And that's why we have an academy system in place. I think the injuries to Philip Ruan, uh, Roscoe, Justin and Dylan Sage is not that serious. I think they will all, we'll have them all back for Vegas, Vancouver. And um, we're still negotiating for the unions uh, or with the unions to, to get Kwaka um, Sebelo and, and Tim Agaba back for Commonwealth Games. So Hopefully they will be uh, they will be good to us and um, leave um, those players or leave those players for us when we when we get to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, they're at least going to be available for them. But when are you actually naming your Commonwealth Games squad? I know the rest of the uh, the, the South African team that's going over has been announced, but you uh, haven't yet announced your squad. Yeah, I think from Israeli side we asked for a bit of a delay because we didn't want to put um, the names of Kwasi Bello and Sami in that squad and until we uh, got that confirmation from the union that we okay. we can use them for the Commonwealth Games. So um, we do we do have meetings with Rudolf and, and uh, John Mitchell over the next few days and hopefully we, we can announce that squad as soon as we spoke to them. Okay, in terms of uh, Commonwealth Games though, I mean, w- when do you start planning specifically for Commonwealth Games or World Cup, obviously Commonwealth in April, World Cup in June, or is basically every match that you play, every tournament, all part of the process for you already? Yeah, I think um, every match and every tournament is part of the process. I think we've done our planning on um, exactly what we want to do leading up to those two competitions um, in regards to camp, training, and when we when we would like the players released from the unions to come and join us. Um, and now it's just to try and put that, uh, to implement that, that that plan. And I think, um, yeah. So every every single every single tournament and game is an opportunity for, especially some of the youngsters to put up their hand to say, listen, I want to be part of the Commonwealth Games squad. So we haven't selected the 12 yet. There's still an opportunity for somebody that plays well over the next few tournaments to get themselves a spot in that um, in that group that will go to the Commonwealth Games. 
Well, I, I certainly hope that the uh, the Commonwealth Games group is going to be successful again and defend the world uh, the, uh, the the Commonwealth Games title. I'm hoping that Fiji doesn't peak at the right time, like they did at the Olympic Games, of course. Uh, but but I'm certainly hoping that you you're able to get one over the uh, the old enemy New Zealand as well in uh, in the sevens game. But Neil Powell, listen, you're doing a sterling job. We uh, we congratulate you as you continue to wave South Africa's flag so very high with the Blitzbox. Thanks for chatting to us. I know you're between flights at the moment, but uh, best of luck as you prepare as well for the next legs of the series. Thank you very much, Brian. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. SAFM Sports Wrap. SAFM South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk boxing now. And uh, WEA bantamweight champion Zolani, last born Tete, deservedly walking away with the Boxer of the Year title uh, at the awards on Friday night. Also winning Special Achievement Award at the BSA Boxing Awards. And before he jits out of the country or has far too much time to focus on his training to uh, do... There's little things like chat to us, uh, media types. Uh, I'm delighted to uh, say we've got Zolani Tete on the line. Zolani, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Dylan, man. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Congrats on those awards. Uh, but I suppose, in a sense, you, you know that there's still plenty to achieve for you. Yes, there's plenty to achieve. I mean, we still have uh, 2018 coming, and there's big big fights coming along uh, for Zolani. So there will be plenty of awards coming for this year as well. Yeah, well, look, b- before we actually talk about the awards specifically, I mean, you had to postpone your February 10th uh, date with uh, a calf injury. How's, how's the recovery going? Uh, the recovery is going very well, man. I mean, uh, I've started training already this week because okay. uh, I've been feeling a little bit better. You know, the, the swelling has gone down. The, the, the injury is, is healing well, man. I think um, I'm ready to fight again. Okay, so it was a calf injury that, uh, that was it a rupture or a tear or just some minor damage? Uh, it was a minor damage on the calf, but we had the, the Achilles tendon. That was the worst uh, injury that I, I, I had uh, because I had an Achilles tendon on the same leg with the, where I had the calf problem. So we had to cancel the fight, but mm. the Achilles as well is getting, is getting clearer. It's, getting, it's healing very well. So we're looking forward to the fight now. Well, I'm hoping that the uh, Achilles stays firm. Uh, I've had my fair share of injuries over the years, and uh, I I know there are times when you have to diligently go through water exercises and dodgy rehab things, but uh, I suppose you push through them. But what's your rehab training been like? Because Achilles is a sensitive, very sensitive uh, part of the body. Yeah, you know, it is sensitive because I had to go to, you've just mentioned, I had to go to the water recessions, where I had to stay and in a cold water, in an iced water for for a long time, but in, in different sessions, like two minutes, uh, two minutes, and then one minute rest, minutes again on the water, and then so it's been that painful. But at the same time, I had to rest and not train, you know, and I like training. So mm. for me, it was kind of like it was it was holding me back. I wanted to go and train, but I I knew I had to take the the, the rehab. Uh, in order for my for my injury to get healed. You like training. Uh, most guys say they like fighting. They hate the training. But you said you like training, so it was clearly you know, going well. I like well. training and I like fighting. I like <laughs> both of these because I love the sport of boxing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so 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 your date with the uh, um, the Omar Novais has been postponed from the February tenth date. Uh, but I'm hearing rumours it might be happening in April. Uh, any confirmation on dates or when you might be expected to fight him? Uh, the date is not yet confirmed, but surely the fight will be in April. We are hoping that it might be on the 21st of April. Uh, Nonito Doné and uh, Carlson will be fighting. You know, that's one of the big fights. So we want to be in, in that in that card. So we're hoping and we're crossing fingers that our promise Frank Warren will put us that 
Okay, yeah, much uh, much to discuss then, uh, no doubt, with uh, promoter Frank Warren. But uh, let's go back to the awards for a, a, a while. I mean, you, you know, your, your history-making knockout, I know there are a lot of people who are asking questions about how, how you didn't uh, win knockout of the year, but it, uh, apparently it fell outside BSA's uh, a period of review. Um, so, yeah. so, so I suppose next year you can look forward to perhaps uh, winning, <laughs> winning knockout of the year as well. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, a couple of awards for you. Uh, it, it's nice to be validated, I suppose, uh, by, by your peers. And, and, and by your federation. How, how did you feel winning a couple of awards? You know, uh, I was so excited. Uh, I didn't expect to get a special award. That I was campaigning on only two categories, Box of the Year and Fight of the Year. Yeah. But I didn't expect to get uh, the, the special award. You know, So it was. It, I was shocked when I was told that I'm getting this award. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't even... Uh, tell how I feel, you know, on that night. Because it was a shock to me. Uh, but uh, definitely it's because of the hard work that I put in when I'm training and uh, representing the country very well outside, you know, most of my fights are uh, the country. And, and I believe it's because of hard work I put in and, and the representation of the flag. I mean, I always put the flag high, and I know once I go outside, I need to be and represent the, uh, the country. So, Zulani, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was actually a little surprised to hear. I mean, I know how much uh, you love boxing. You, you've spoken even about your passion for training now as well. But, I mean, you know, when you won, you spoke about wanting to quit, but that those around you made sure you didn't. I mean, you, you, you've got, clearly got a lot of uh, good support staff around you, and clearly your family support yeah, means, yeah, means yeah. so much to you. Yeah, you know, uh, life of boxing has got ups and downs, you know. And when I felt like quitting, I was in one of those days where you you, you would say, you know what, I've been trying and trying, uh, but boxing is not for me. You know, because uh, for three times, uh, I've been feeling sick uh, exactly at the week of the fight, sometimes a day before the fight, and and the fight will be postponed. You know, I was at that stage where I feel like, you know, boxing was never meant for me. But... I heard my manager, I'm Latin, and, and, and the likes of oh, Ayan, the club, Matiti, mm. of the club of promotions, those were the guys that were there for me. Uh, also, my brother and my family, they were so supportive, encouraging me to, to go and box again because they saw that I've got the future in boxing. And, and today, I'm here and achieving such awards because of them. Just on that point, I mean, a slightly more personal note here, because uh, you mentioned, you know, the boxers that uh, there, there are many boxers who avoid fighting you because they, they, they fear you, your style. Uh, but, you know, it, it must be good to know that there are many young people that look up to you. There are fans that admire you. Uh, and there are, of course, those boxers that fear you. But but who do you look up to? Who are your heroes? Uh, you know, when I grew up, uh, I used to follow each and every boxer that was popular at the time, especially here in East London. Mm. Uh, the likes of Udvulani Pungu, Welcome Nita, and Dinan Tobela, mm. you know, all those guys in that era. <clears throat> they were the guys that were motivating me. But we had our trainer at that time who, who was Mr. Patekile Snyabi. Uh, he's a former boxer, but he was never a, a, a champion. But he was so motivating. Uh, but, you know, to be honest, the guys that I look up to is Floyd Mayweather, who's in America, uh, as well as my dad. You know, my dad is, is my inspiration. My brother is also my inspiration. And as well as my manager. So those are the guys that uh, I always make sure that I'm, I'm going forward. I keep pushing myself to the limit. So they inspire me. 
as well as my wife uh, on the other side because she's always there to support me. Indeed. And I know you uh, you don't get to spend an enormous amount of time uh, in South Africa, and I know you're spending time with your wife at the at, at the moment, so I don't want to take your time up too much longer. But yes. let's talk about 2018. I mean, uh, obviously the Nervais uh, fight uh, looking to go ahead in, in April, you say then, yes. but is the ultimate aim this yes. year to meet, fight, and beat Ryan Burnett? That's the, uh, that's the one that's the one I want, you know, <laughs> uh, before before June. Hopefully, if it goes, if it goes by. If I would say my next fight after this one would be Ryan Panet because he has two titles, and if he's brave enough and if he thinks he is the real deal, then he must come forward and we fight. Uh, I've always been to my partner that you know, uh, if I would fight Ryan Panet and unify this division, then I, I would have, have reached one of my goals. But there is another fighter that is coming on board on the pandemic division, you know who. Uh, who's the, the WPO champion, Junior Pandamuit. So he's moving up now in, in the Pandamuit division. That's one of the big names, and that's one of the fights that I want before the end of this year. So this is these are the two fights that I definitely want. So you'll fight the mandatory challenger in Nervais, and then and then you go for the, 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 the two that you're aiming for. Uh, I tell you, 2018 is uh, said to be an exciting year for, for you, Zolani Tete. I'm sorry it started on a, a sour note with the uh, calf and Achilles problem, but it sounds like you're motivated. It sounds like you're uh, getting back to it, and I'm delighted to hear that you're already back in training. Uh, but best of luck, certainly, as you build up towards the Nervais fight, and we'll keep in touch with you. Hopefully, we'll hear news of the Burnett fight before June. Thank you very much, man. I'm hoping that uh, my next fight after this one will be one of these big fights that I want. I want to represent South Africa as well, like I did last. Uh, we, we are looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, my man. SAFM Sports Wrap. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk football now because uh, Supersport United dropped to a rather impressive 4-2 win over Bloemfontein Celtic on Saturday afternoon. It was uh, a very high-scoring weekend in the Absa Premiership overall, though. But uh, I'm delighted to say we've got one of the goal-scoring heroes of Supersport United and one of the stars of uh, Supersport United's uh, campaign so far, Aubrey Modiba on the line. Aubrey, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening and thank you for having me. And congratulations on the win and indeed the uh, the goal. How does, how does it feel afterwards? Uh, obviously, it feels great to be on the score sheet again because I think it's four games without me scoring. But yeah, I'm happy the team won and managed to score four goals. And yeah, we managed to score one more, more than one goal because we've been scoring one goal and the, the team the teams will come back again. So yeah, I'm happy that we managed to score four goals. Yeah, on the term, on the point of the actual wins, I mean, it's only your second win in the last 14 matches. So I suppose from a, from a team perspective, mentally and and in so many other ways, that important that that victory was ridiculously important. Yeah, it was important for us to to get the three points uh, on Saturday. Like you said, 14 games without a win, so it's not like uh, like it's a new it's a new thing to us as players. So we had to 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 man up and deal with it because. We have been playing great football, but we haven't, produ- we haven't been producing good results. And yeah, we're happy that we managed to, to, to get the three points on Saturday because that will give us confidence uh, going forward into the next game. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, right now we're going to shift our focus uh, on Nedbank Cup. Now, yeah, indeed. And uh, speaking of the Nedbank Cup, of course, you've got uh, Celtic again, but away this time. Uh, you know, when you score four goals against a team, that puts a pretty decent mental edge uh, on, 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 on a team. Uh, do you feel that you have uh, the advantage heading into that tie, perhaps? 
Not really. I don't think so because it's going to be a different ball game. Uh, this is a cup game. You know, cup games are not like league games. So it's going to be a different one. And right now we're playing them away. And we know uh, their fan base is big. Uh, they're going to be behind them. They're going to uh, sing. They're going to make sure that they, 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 they disturb us anyhow. Uh, anyhow they can. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for us because we played them uh, twice there. We lost uh, in the telecom knockout. And we throw in the league, so it's very tough to play in Fontaine. But we're up for the challenge, and we'll make sure that we we keep on pushing and defend our title. Yeah, it's been it's been a very very strange uh, season uh, for for SuperSport United because uh, you finished uh, the previous season, of course, by winning the Nedbank Cup. Then you started this season by winning the the MTN Eight and playing in the final of the CAF Confederation Cup. I mean, continental uh, final. You were the first SuperSport United team to actually make a continental final. But what happened after that thoroughly impressive period? Uh, we know, we're not, we, we don't know as well as players because, like I said, we've been playing great football. Uh, just that our downfall, I think, has been like scoring goals and conceding at the back because once you concede, you need to come back and strong, uh, come back strong and score again. So it has been difficult for us to to catch up those games because. Uh, we were like we were like behind uh, with the game, so we all know that uh, uh, games in hand are not guaranteed points. So we, we knew that they, they will make it uh, hard for us, and I think the fatigue uh, took its its role uh, again with us as well because we haven't been having proper sessions because we like would play a game in two days' time. So I think that as well, the coach didn't have much time with us. To, to to prepare the team to have proper training sessions, I think that played a big role as well. But yeah, we're not gonna make excuses and focus on that. We're gonna make sure that we we stand up, uh, we fight for the team. Yeah, your season has been match day, recovery time, travel, match day, <laughs> recovery time, travel. But uh, yeah. But look, in, in terms of your, your signings, I mean, clearly not too busy in the transfer market, Sport United, but uh, obviously Evans Rusike is, uh, is, is a big signing and his goal of the weekend, perhaps an indication that he's uh, settled quickly. Uh, have, have you sort of integrated with uh, with Evans now that you're playing more of an attacking role with the side? Yeah, obviously we know Rusike is good with the ball, he's got pace, he's got vision, he can score goals. I think that gives us confidence as players as well. Because having uh, that kind of a player in the team, it motivates you as well as a player. And Mokagolodingel as well, yeah. a great player. Uh, he can move the ball, he can, he's can. got vision. So, yeah, having those players in the team, like it, it pushes you as well as a player to, to keep on uh, working hard and provide for them as well. Because, you know, like in the game, they, they'll do something out of nothing. Uh, for you to score, so yeah, it's good to have those players, and uh, for him to gel very well. Like we, we knew Rusike all the way from Marisbeck. We played, I think this this season we played them three times. I think so. Yeah, when he came, we just said, yeah, we've been waiting for you. You took long to come, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think we've got a, we've got a great player there, and we'll keep on pushing.
Yeah, I think uh, I think he's one of the uh, the guys that you can also really learn from because I mean you're you're a young player. I think people forget this because of your maturity and composure. Yeah. You're a, you're a young player. I mean you're you're not even twenty. You can you still play under twenty three football. This is uh, yeah. This is this is this is the the, the prospect in uh, in you as Aubrey Mudiba. But I mean clearly uh, there's there's competition for goals now because you you scored your sixth goal over the weekend. But you can whisper this to to Evans, by the way. I know he's got eight <laughs> goals in the season, but only one for the club. You you can tell him. You've got six goals this season. Supersport has got six league wins this season. And every time you score, Supersport United have won. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I've been telling uh, Double as well that <laughs> have you noticed that every time I score, like the team wins. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to whisper that to him. But yeah, we're not competing with one another. Whoever scores, as long as the team has won. But yeah, he still has to to score five goals to catch me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as a great player, he can do that. I know. But yeah, me and him will just complement one another, push each other, and I'm willing to learn from him. Yeah, that's that, that's that's a good thing. But listen, Aubrey, on a, a completely separate note, this is one thing that that uh, sort of wowed me at the start of the year was I I heard stories that you seem to have won over supporters of the Turkish giants Besiktas. What what was going on here? I mean, these these guys were getting excited about you and, and, and there was even talk that you might be heading off to Turkey. Oh, I just had those rumors, nothing solid. I just like, saw it on Twitter when I was going in there. Yeah, like, I didn't focus more on that because like it was just rumors. Like, I was waiting for like a solid thing. Maybe they put off on the table. Yeah, that's when I was like, I was gonna like be like, wow, okay, this is really happening. But right now I'm focusing on my game, pushing each and every game that I play. Yeah, hopefully it will happen. But yeah, my my focus right now is at Supersport, help them climb up the log. You, you've proved your worth already, both in defence and in attack. And I certainly wish you everything the best uh, against uh, Bloemfontein Celtic again this weekend in the Nedbank Cup. And indeed, as the uh, CAF Confederation Cup gets underway for you uh, l- later this year as well. Thank you very much, and we'll make sure that you keep on pushing. SAFM Sports Wrap. It's event, that's where we're going to leave it tonight. And uh, certainly, uh, oh man, uh, final score, by the way, Ike's um, victorious by 17 points to uh, 19 over... Um, over uh, 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 now I've forgotten who, who, who they beat. <laughs> this is what happens when you uh, when you lose focus for a sec. But, uh, Madibas, Madibas, there we go. Just trying to remember. Gee, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Uh, anyhow, don't go anywhere. Uh, coming up after this is uh, the talk shop. And, of course, Criselda Dudumash and Naledi Mulao are going to be in. They're going to be talking all sorts of uh, fabulous, wonderful things. But my thanks tonight to uh, the team. Luyolam uh, Kalibi, uh, producer, sound engineer, Finis Ndoba, and me, Dwayne Deloka. Have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.